0: Hello and welcome back to Creative Hood. I'm your host, Melanie, and today we're joined by a very special guest, someone that I'm geeking out over, so this will be exciting. Hello. Hi.
1: What do you do? So my name is Veronica, and I am a freelance stage manager. I work on Broadway and off-Broadway, and I'm currently the assistant stage manager on the Broadway Revival of Oklahoma.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I'm going to just say I've been going to see Broadway shows since I was like eight years old. Mm -hmm. I'm from South Florida, and that was always kind of our trips and to see different Broadway shows. I've been to Broadway Con two different years. So You've done better than me is, then. <laughs> I've never been. This might be like a side dream career of mine. Oh great. But so I'm really excited to hear what is a stage manager and what do you do?
1: Yeah. So a stage manager, I think the most tangible way that I can explain this for like what an audience member experiences. So we are the people that tell the lights and sound when to go. So you um, saw Oklahoma so you know there's moments where we go into like pitch black mm-hmm. so that doesn't happen until the stage manager tells the lightboard operator to push the button to make it black we also make sure the props are where they're supposed to be at the top of the show um, make sure all the actors make all their entrances um, and then we also you know do all the nitty-gritty backbone work stuff so you know calendars schedules lots of emails. And so we also act as the liaison between what's happening in the theater with the actors and the crew and relay that information to the director and the designers and the producers, because once we open the show, all those people disappear. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to help maintain the artistic integrity of the show, because once they've left, it's our job to like uphold their vision and make sure that keeps everything stays the same going forward.
0: Yeah, and so when a show goes to Broadway, there's a bunch of stages that happen before that. Mm -hmm. So how does your job change when you're in rehearsals and workshops versus then doing like those dress rehearsals and kind of, can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah, so there are are a few phases that every show goes through. So the first phase, like very, very early stages, is just pre-production. So that will involve casting decisions, um, the director and the designers will start talking to each other about what they want the show to be and visually look like and what world we're creating. And for stage management, that means that we are compiling contact lists. We are making the calendars for the production, um, making sure that all the scripts are ready to go, that we have, you know, little wallet cards that say like, this is how you get to the theater. This is who you call if you get locked out or if you're running late like wi-fi information um so super basic stuff Mm -hmm. and then um depending on the production the timelines can vary but then we'll move into a rehearsal process so that's just the director the actors um stage management and we may have like some visitors come by so like a props person might stop by and they're like you asked for a new hairbrush this is a couple of hairbrush options you might want to try out does this work um And so we'll spend about three weeks doing that. And that's where we start um, discussing, you know, the backstory of the characters. We'll do like a deep dive into the script, making sure that everyone understands either like um, their own characters, how their characters relate to each other. Um, If it's a historical piece, you know, where we fit in time and place. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get on our feet and start, you know, moving people around. We call it blocking. So, you know, okay, you're going to like pick up this tray. Now you're going to walk over here. You're going to go stage right. You're going to set it down. Now you're going to go like talk to this person. And so as the stage manager, what we are doing during that process is we are writing down all the blocking. So we have a script that has these pages where we write down every movement that all the actors are making. And so that's what the production stage manager is doing. And then I'm typically an assistant stage manager. And so my job is I'm tracking the props. So I'm making sure that I know exactly where each prop is, depending on where we are in a scene. I make sure, you know, okay, we've changed where this person's entering from. So that means this prop now has to move to the other side of the stage mm-hmm. and keeping track of that.
0: Yeah. And you're making notes all along the way mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah. And, and there's consistent an
1: Exactly. And there's a lot, lots of spreadsheets, a lot of redundancies. So I'll have one spreadsheet that's like, this is where everything starts at the top of the show. And then this spreadsheet is, this is how everything moves over the course of the show. And then another one that's specifically just like, this is where you're entering, this is where you're exiting, this is how long you're off stage, because paperwork like that is helpful for um, our sound department once we move into the theater. So if there's something wrong with a mic, they know how long they have to fix it. Same with wardrobe, if there's a really fast, quick change, that has happened. We know where they're entering and
0: exiting from and how long they have to do the change. And especially with Oklahoma, the props are so intricate in like where they're mm. being placed and who's taking what at what time. And it's yeah. like choreography just for the props. Mm-hmm. So that's cool that you're keeping track of all that to make sure people know their cues. Yeah, Is that right?
1: exactly. That's like there was one show I did, um, Indecent, which was on Broadway a couple of years ago. And there was this one number that the whole number just involved people moving suitcases around. And so as the choreography of that number changed, it also changed where the suitcases needed to start. So Mm -hmm. each time we did a new draft of it, the suitcases had to start in a different place so that they could get picked up by the correct people and then went on their merry way once the number
0: was done. Mm -hmm. What are your hours like? Can you walk us through kind of your job hour by hour now that the show's on Broadway? It's going eight times a week. So so
1: when we when rehearsals, it's kind of typical work hours. So we might rehearse from 10 to 6, and I usually get in an hour before and leave an hour after, so 9 to 7. And then we'll move into our tech rehearsal process. And those for a stage manager can range from 10-hour days, 12-hour days. I've pulled a lot of 14-hour days. That's not weird. Um, and then you move into previews. And so the preview process is um, where you rehearse in the afternoon and then you have performances in the evening. So you are in a place where you get to try things out with an audience, see what's working, see what's not. And then you have the afternoon before your next show to like make some tweaks. Uh, So those are probably about like 10, 12 hour days. Um, Now that we are in performances, my schedule still varies because it's dictated by the performance schedule. So I'm get to work um, an hour and a half before the show. So an hour before half hour. Half hour is the 30 minutes before the curtain time. So whenever, so it stays an eight o'clock show. The mm-hmm. cast is called at 730. So I'm called in at 630. And that's when we'll start setting the stage and making sure that like costumes are preset. And, and then a half hour actors come in, we make sure everyone's here. And then we're on our merry way. Um, for Oklahoma, it's a long show. It's about a three hour show. So for an 8 o'clock show, I'll get in at 6.30, and I will leave work at, like, 11.30 p.m. And then get home at,
0: like, 12.30. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It's a long hour. Yeah. And so who are you reporting to, and mm-hmm. how does that
1: work? Yeah, so um, as a stage manager, we work in teams. So the way that our teams are structured is there's a – especially. I'll use ex- Oklahoma as an example, mm-hmm. we have a production stage manager, a stage manager, and then an assistant stage manager, and then a production assistant. So my, my boss as the assistant stage manager is my production stage manager, but we all report to the company managers and the general managers who they are the ones that are dealing more with like the budget, big picture, just like how do we make this whole show run as like a long-term production whereas we focus a little bit more on you know the day-to-day like personal aspect of it um so for me I report to the production stage manager.
0: Why is this role so important to a production?
1: So without us it um would make everyone else's jobs harder because we are the ones that allow the creatives to just focus on the creative aspect you know if we had our actors every day worrying like is my costume going to show up is this prop going to be where i need it then they aren't doing their job and same with the director like if they're worried about like the schedule getting sent out then they're not focusing on directing the show um so being part of the communication and making sure that all the departments are talking to each other and then yeah and just maintaining the artistic integrity of the show you know between taking note of all the blocking and where all the props are going. We're also taking note of any specific uh, directorial choices that are being made so that as the show is in performances and especially on a long running show, um, we can help give actors notes like, hey, you know, when we first started this, you were saying the lines this way, but now we've kind of drifted into saying this line a different way. So we need to get back to where we started, to what the director wanted the production to be. Mm-hmm. So maintaining things in that way, too.
0: During the show, where are you physically in the space?
1: Yeah. So the production stage manager or whoever is the calling stage manager. So that's the person that is telling the lights when they're supposed to go. They're the ones that are making any announcements. Um, they're usually in a booth so that in some cases can be at the very back of the house. Um, so where the and the house is where the audience the sitting so
0: in the back of the audience yeah the
1: back of the audience and so that's one place that they could be um in some broadway houses actually most Broadway houses uh the stage manager will call from backstage so the way that our little like area is set up is we'll have our script in front of us we'll have a bunch of monitors next to us that have different camera shots of the stage some of them might be infrared so that we can see in the dark if it's a musical, we'll have one of the conductor so that if there are any cues that need to happen at the right musical moment, we can watch the conductor and just various shots of the stage, especially if there are large moving pieces. We'll make sure everyone's safe, and then we'll also have some cue lights. If you can't tell, this them, is cool.
0: I, yeah. yeah, so you <laughs> <we> have. Acting <laughs> this out. I'm She's... acting
1: out where all my things are in my booth in real life, and so, and then we'll also have cue lights, and so. Uh, Cue lights are if we are going to cue someone to do something without giving them a verbal uh, cue from over the headset. So we'll use those for actors. So the cue light will come on. That means they're on a standby. That means like a little lights come up. And then when the cue light goes off, the light turns off, that's when they know I'm now walking on because there may be something that they can't see that Mm -hmm. they would need as a cue to enter.
0: Okay. So that's
1: what one person is doing. And then... um, The other people on the team, so the stage manager and the assistant stage manager, we are backstage. So we are running things backstage. We're the ones physically with the actors, the ones with the crew. So if something goes wrong, we are, you know, handing out band-aids. We are like, you know, this person that got sick in the middle of the show, I need to go let wardrobe know to get the costumes ready for the understudy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Has there been like crazy
1: situations like that? That's only happened once. Okay. Um...
0: Chris, yeah we have one actor
1: who she walked off in the middle of act one not at a time she's not supposed to be off stage he threw up in a trash can I was like can you complete this act she said yes so she went back on stage and then while she was on stage I went and talked to wardrobe and let them know that you know she's not going to be able to do act two please get the costumes ready for her understudy and then I also alerted the sound team because with a new person going on they need a different mic for that person because mm-hmm. um, the actors all have body mics on them. So they have little packs that are specifically assigned to specific people because um, they're programmed into the soundboard in appropriate ways. So different people get
0: different volumes. With Oklahoma, it's a full production but a smaller cast. Mm-hmm. And so, how does being a stage manager for a smaller number of people mm-hmm. compare to a full on? It's, ensemble and everything right?
1: right it's funny because this show it feels like it's actually just as complicated as some of those bigger musicals um you know with larger shows it just it's more bodies to track more props to track um so sometimes you might add like another stage manager your team just because it's a lot to keep track of and you have to be in a lot of different places at once um With our show, it's actually still really hard because there's no ensemble for our actors to hide behind. So um, for those of you who don't know what Oklahoma is, it's usually done in these very, like, large-scale productions. You have all of your principal performers, so all of, like, the named characters. And then you typically have, like, a very large ensemble of dancers and whatnot. For our production, we have stripped it down to just the named characters so there is no ensemble to back anyone up. So vocally, that's hard for our actors because there's nowhere for them to hide if they aren't feeling well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we have our actors on stage most of the time. So they don't, depending on which character they are, they may not get that much of a break. Um, one of our actors who plays Judd, he is on stage for the first hour and 10 minutes of the show. Um, It does not get to leave until like the last, you know, seconds of Act One. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy. So it's very, it's so it's demanding for them in that way. And also with our production, we leave the lights on on both the stage and on the audience the whole time. So you also get to see what the audience is doing. And so depending on you know if we have an audience or a house that is really into their wrapped candy and just like (laughs) crinkling away that can also be distracting for the actors and then takes more energy on their part to like focus in and just tell the story that we're trying to tell.
0: So let's talk about how you got into this. What did you study? Take us through that journey into theater for you.
1: So I'm kind of an anomaly in a way for my industry because I I kind of always knew I was going to do theater. A lot of people fall into stage management uh, via acting or directing. a lot of people don't know what it is until you get into like college and they're like, Oh, that was a job that existed. Um, so I grew up watching a lot of like classical musicals. So, you know, your sound of music's carousel, seven brides for seven brothers, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and the schools that I went to did a lot of school plays and musicals. And so I actually stumbled on stage management in eighth grade, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, I, you know, I auditioned for a show. I didn't get it. I was kind of bitter. I also should never have been on stage to begin with. Like I'm an okay singer. Then I was an okay singer, but can't act to save my life. No one wants to see me on stage. Um, and then I somehow found it was in middle school and there were these high schoolers that were like, Oh, do you want to try stage management? I was like, I don't know what that is, but I get to like, still be involved. I still get to hang out with my friends that are actually in the show. And None of it was done the way I do stage management now, but it was just this little like, oh, that's kind of a fun way to be a part of this. And then in high school, I did all of our plays, all of our musicals in a stage management, air quotes, uh, type capacity. And I got really lucky because there was just a really small group of us. It was me and five boys. Um, they were all just really interested in working on the technical aspect of all these shows. So, you know, I spent, I was either you know, going to sports practice or I was at the theater painting something. Mm-hmm. And there was sure. one teacher who was a technical director at my high school who kind of like shepherded me through what it could be to be a stage manager. He encouraged me to go take a stage management like one day seminar at the Pittsburgh Public Theater. I'm from Pittsburgh. And, um, and I also learned from him about, um, Carnegie Mellon has a pre-college program. Um, Carnegie Mellon has a really strong uh, performing arts department. And with that comes a lot, a strong technical department. Mm-hmm. So they have a um, I wanna say it's like a six week, I could be making that up, six week intensive <laughs> Um, pre-college program where you are working alongside um, other students that are all in high school, but you're working with Carnegie Mellon's professors and you work in each department. So you take a sound design class, a line design class, costumes, um, I think a dramaturgy class, which is like the studying of scripts and you look at the history involved and um, direction. And so from there you also get to do a portfolio review. So you get to try to you get to interview with the professors and here's what I learned, here's how I grew. And then you get to you know, decide if this is a career you wanted. And by the end of that, I was like, yep, yeah, I still want to do it. Um, Carnegie Mellon's program is a conservatory program, which means that that's all you're doing. And I, when I was in high school, was not ready to commit to just doing theater. In my head, I was like, oh, you just like doing theater because it's just the thing you've been doing. And then I actually got to college and then I took one theater class. Literally one day of one theater class my freshman year. I was like, yeah, this is the thing I'm doing. Um, so I majored in it. I have a degree from Elon University in theatrical design and production with a focus in stage management. And, yeah. So I've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. It's kind like of crazy. This was always going to be yeah. a thing for you. <laughs> it really freaked out my sisters because my sisters, like, it took them a little bit longer to figure out what it was what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I always knew yeah. was kind of intimidating <laughs> for them.
0: But Worked out. It yeah, I love it. Obviously. Coming out of college then, what did the job field look like?
1: Yeah, so when you're... Um, when I was in school, I tried to do as many internships as I could. Um, going to grad school is an option for some people. Uh, some people want that extra education. That's something that doesn't hold a strong interest for me. I think one of the main reasons people do go to grad school for stage management is if you want to teach. I don't really have a teaching bone. I maybe have more of like a mentoring bone. So um, a great piece of advice that I got in one of my internships was to use internships like your grad school. Um so, I think that I've done five
0: internships. Nice. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> I did a couple um, in college. I interned, I didn't turn at a talent agency. I okay. learned I really don't want a desk job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that, so, that was valuable. Mm-hmm. I interned at like a tiny, itty bitty, like kind of like, I don't know. It was a <laughs> theater in London.
0: There were, <laughs> oh,
1: cool. just, yeah, very small. All the cushions were like mismatched everywhere. It it was like an attic, essentially. Um, <laughs> so you were Harry Potter for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It was just like all the cushions were mismatched. All the like extra props were stored under like all the audience seating. And mm-hmm. It was like being in your grandma's attic and being outside to put on a play. <laughs> um, and then, but after school, I interned at a theater in Westport, Connecticut for a summer. And then, Following that, I spent nine months in California doing an internship out there in Sacramento. Um, and so from that, I you know, was able to beef up my resume prior to coming to New York. I was able to get a lot of extra experience. Um, and what was also helpful, especially doing the internship in Connecticut, I was able to start making connections in New York. I have family in New York. And I spent a summer in college here in the city. So I always knew that New York was where I was going to end up Mm -hmm. after college. And so I think if you're trying to, you know, enter this field, I think it's helpful to look for especially internships and fellowships that will have connections to the market that you're interested in. So if you really want to be in New York and New York is your goal, maybe not to say that it's not a valuable experience. But, you know, the small itty-bitty theater in Idaho may not have the connections that are going to make you successful when you move here. You might have to work harder at the beginning. But taking Mm -hmm. internships to have connections here will, like, set you up for a little bit of a a boost up.
0: Mm -hmm. What has been some of your favorite parts of your career working as a stage manager?
1: Um, Well, in general, I love the people in the theater industry. I think it's just a really... Lovely, warm, welcoming community, and it really does feel like a community um and you especially feel this on Broadway, so for example, um every time a Broadway show opens, the other Broadway shows will send them opening night cards and greetings, and okay. we will do like social events like recently we had just in all those stage managers who work currently working on Broadway had a little like happy hour I mean the happy hour is you know after all of our shows at late night, but <laughs> we still <That> did <laughs> yeah, um. And so there's a it's fun being a part of a, an industry where you do get to just work and meet a lot of people. We also get to um, tell cool stories yeah. I tell cool stories in, or sometimes boring stories. But we get to tell <laughs> stories in a, a visually interesting way. And then I love engaging with an audience. People ask me sometimes, do you want to work in TV and film? And I say, no because i like having that audience engagement i like the teamwork that's involved and in, you know putting up a show together i also like in a way the fleeting nature of it mm-hmm. i like that each performance kind of feels special in that way because it's only going to be done that way once and when the show closes that's gone it can just be a fun special memory yep
0: you have to be there to experience it. yeah it's one of the last things where it's like that where mm-hmm. you can't just watch it on your phone
1: yeah and it's fun to be an audience member in that way mm-hmm. you know if something wonky happens in a production you're like yeah me and this audience member sitting out we're just like <laughs> we're so confused about what happened or like in our show we serve chili and cornbread to our audience on stage which is delicious which is so good like <laughs> shockingly good because oh, you're like it's free yeah um, I was like
0: wait are they serving that to all of us yeah and very they real are. they
1: are very real very <laughs> yummy if you come see the show, the chili is vegan, the cornbread's vegetarian. <laughs> um and so what's lovely about that is that we've created environments where the audience members are really encouraged to interact with each other to talk about what they've just seen, you know, mm-hmm. talk about that they like the cornbread. I'm so annoyed the lights are on. How cool <laughs> we got to sit in the dark for a few minutes. Um but yeah, you really only get that, you know, when you go to a concert, but I think it's it's special in that way compared to like going to see a movie.
0: I asked people if they had questions for you too. So oh, to fun! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> questions from the audience. Yes.
1: Oh, I love this.
0: <laughs> um, the, the, One question is, what do people think you do and what's the reality?
1: I don't even think people know I have a, my job is real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be true. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: that it exists, right? Yeah. Or like, that we even exist. Um, I mean, there have been, like, a couple of, you know, on some small, like, TV shows or movies where you see, like, a stage manager usually, like, walking around with a clipboard and, like, yelling at people to take five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the take five thing probably is most. And, yes, we do tell people, like, you know, you're going to take a break and whatnot. We keep all the time and stuff like that. But there's a lot more that goes into it that an audience would never see. I mean, yeah, the fact that we're the ones that tell the lights when to go, that... We we're also sometimes we, you know, are people's therapists in a way, you know, if they're having a bad day and they want to talk it out. And if talking it out is going to help them, you know, be able to do their job, like we'll happily sit there and, you know, talk to them. And so to do the job, you have to have a lot of empathy and you also have to like people. Mm -hmm. If you don't like people, I would not recommend our job. Mm -hmm.
0: That is another question, too. Like, what is the skill set to be a successful stage manager?
1: Yeah, so definitely liking people. Um I think you need to have good communication skills um because theater is so collaborative, and we aren't always in the same room together, being able to um articulate any notes well um, and then uh, yeah, a lot of empathy also, I think the empathy is important because and you learn a lot about empathy from doing theater because each show you get to you know learn about new characters, a new time and place. And you have—you may not necessarily like all the characters, but you have to be able to empathize with them. And so I think that that in general is just a good life skill. You know, be a little kinder to people. And I think that that's something that working in theater has helped me with. Because, you know, there's characters in my show that are like, hmm, you know, in real (laughs) life, I probably wouldn't like that character, but I can now empathize with them. I understand them a little bit more. And spending the time to really like delve into why these characters do something, um, what motivates them, how do they get to where they are. Um, And then I think one skill set that I think is just helpful for everyone, but also really applies to my job, is being able to read a room and read a situation, Mm -hmm. understanding when things are and are not meant for you. Um, And you also have to have really strong organizational skills. Um, Sounds
0: like it from the spreadsheets. Yeah, all the
1: spreadsheets. (laughs) And so, you know, you'll have... Some directors might not remember, some actors might not remember, like, what did we do last time we did this? We might be reviewing a scene again, and we might want to tweak something. And you're the person people are going to look to 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 say, this is what we did last time. And so being able to keep track of everything. And also, you don't want to be the reason that the room, especially a rehearsal room, like, comes to a halt.
0: A question from me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What are some of your favorite
1: shows? Um, Some favorite shows I've done or favorite shows I've seen? Both. Okay, um, so let's see. I think some of the cool, the shows I like to talk about. Um, the first show I ever did in New York, that was a Civil War sci-fi rock musical. Wow. Yeah. That was called awesome. Futurity. That was a co-production between Soho Rep and Ars Nova. Very um, cool. the music in that was beautiful. All um the cast, they were all actor musicians. They all played their own instruments and walked around with them. And um But also, what a fun way to describe a show. So more sci-fi rock musical.
0: Sounds like one of those riskier type of shows. Yes. So (laughs) definitely
1: not for everybody. Definitely is not going to come to Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I hope that it will someday maybe get done again. It's beautiful. Um, uh, A show that I did last year with the director of Oklahoma. It was um, this opera. And it was set inside of a box. It Mm -hmm. was inside this like nine by nine foot by 10 foot box. So four walls and a ceiling. Wow. And so what the audience saw was, um, a live video feed from inside of the box. Wow. So we were, we made, you know, a 90 minute movie every night. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there was blood and ape costumes and, you know, the camera was on a rotating platform and that was a cool show to be, um, the assistant stage manager on. So the assistant stage manager runs things from backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, typically, you can't be on stage when the show is running. People will see you. But mm-hmm. for this, you just had to be off camera.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it was huh. weird getting to, like, interact with the performers and moving things around while a scene was happening. So you are in that box. I was in the box. <laughs> then, and it was orange. It was, like, spend too much time in an orange box.
0: That's a little it.
1: Um <laughs> One show that's um, been really important to me is Indecent. I got really lucky, and that was... Um, the that was a production that was done off Broadway at the Vineyard Theatre and then it transferred to Broadway in 2017 and so I got really lucky on that one. That was my first time being the assistant stage manager on an off-Broadway show and that's the show I got my union card on mm-hmm. and that was the show that took me to Broadway.
0: Aww, monumental. Uh, yeah. It,
1: yeah. And <laughs> so it was really special because I got to um, you know grow with the show and Mm -hmm. grow with this like we kept all of our actors so we got to grow together a lot of us it was our Broadway debuts um and it was also just a really beautiful story and essentially the play itself is a love letter to the theater in a way um but some shows that I've really loved that I've seen recently um I don't think any of these are running so sorry you missed them um I really loved Fairview which was Mm -hmm it's a herup show that went to theater for new audience, um, this year. I saw strange loop at Playwrights Horizons. That was amazing. I, I love shows that challenge an audience and make you think and make you think about something you maybe not wouldn't have thought of in a certain way. Um, or that, um, are, you know, technically different, um, visual and you know, out of the box, um, uh, as much as like, Frozen and Mean Girls. I'm sure they're really awesome productions. Those aren't for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: those aren't. I don't find those as artistically fulfilling.
0: Right. I
1: like. I like works that um, that feel like they have something to say. I may not love the work that I'm doing, but as long as I believe in what we're saying, I can find a way to love it. And I think that in my industry, when you're looking for work and trying to decide whether or not you should take a job, I think you need to take into consideration three things: the money, like. Will, how much will I get paid? Um, are there people on the production that I want to work with, whether that be people you know and love, people you want wanted to work with, and do you like the project? And I feel like every show you do should hit two of those things. So <laughs> maybe you don't like the project, but you the, the pay is good, and you love the people, you'll be happy. Or if you love the people, you love the project, and don't get paid very much, that's a win in my book. If you get all three, you're golden. Um, so those are things a like... a good
0: guide. Right. I feel like it okay. should
1: also apply to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're f- constantly freelancing and, you know, you get jobs thrown your way that you're like, uh, I don't know. But, you know, that's maybe a guideline if you're like trying to sign a little up in the air about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So now we're down to the final two questions. Done, done, done. Done. So first question. Yes. How would you define creativity? For me, I think... I think creativity
1: is all about imagination. Mm-hmm. I think that some people try to limit it to something artistic, like either the visual or performing arts. But I think that it's much broader than that. Cause I think that, I think everyone, you know, tests, like works those creativity muscles differently. Mm-hmm. Um, someone like me uses it a lot. what I do, but you know, an accountant, mm-hmm. I think that their job is also creative. I think you're, mm-hmm. they're like, Creative ways of solving a problem, new ways of doing things that someone else may not have thought of. Um, like, if you put any thought into what you wore today, I think that's creative. Did you pick out your paint color? That was a creative choice you made. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it has to be like, oh, I like made this painting or I did the dance. I think that we all have creativity within us and, you know, we can all tap into it. We do every day. It's just, you know, how much do we work the muscle and what do we then do with it after that?
0: Mm-hmm. Love that! All right, second Damn. question. You're killing yeah. Bam, it!
1: Boom! Done. Doing so good
0: with these questions. So good at explaining these things. Too. You can tell
1: I've been on a lot of like first dates with people that don't know what I do, so I feel like I've gotten good at trying to explain my job to people.
0: This has been a great first date so far. Thanks. <laughs> we'll do it again sometime. We'll get a second date maybe. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Second question. Last question. What do you want to pass on to the next generation? I
1: think a love and appreciation for the
0: arts. Yeah. I think that it's,
1: in a lot of, like, schools especially, I think it can be, like, kind of an underrated um, study, and people people try to cut funding for the arts, and I think that's so silly and so dumb, and I'm so mad at you. Mm. Um,
0: you Ditto.
1: Right. <laughs> like, yeah, because that's silly. Because I think that everyone needs a creative outlet, not only is it therapeutic, but, you know, it's you know, it feeds itself into other aspects of your life. And like I was saying earlier, I think that you gain a lot of empathy. And when you like go see a show, maybe not every show is for you, but if you keep exposing yourself to different ways of thinking, different um, types of stories and different types of people, like maybe you see a show that has like, I don't know, some queer trans person that uses, you know, they, them pronouns, like, that's a cool experience that you may never have if you don't, if you aren't in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we just, it'll make us better humans in that regard. Also, you know, athletes, they take dance. That, mm-hmm. That's some way that you can engage in the arts and have nothing to do with it. Also, yeah. my job deals a lot with science, too. There's a lot of math involved. I do a lot of time math, physics, you <laughs> know, things have to drop sometimes and, you know, Because physics is a phrase I use a lot. Um, But I think that people should try to engage in the arts more. That's a big takeaway. Mm -hmm. You don't have to love it all. You don't have to see it all. But like, don't be afraid of it. Don't Mm -hmm. say like, that's not for me. Maybe just haven't found the thing that speaks to you. But I think that there's something really powerful when you see something that like really touches you and just like makes you like take a step back and be like, whoa, what did I just see? What did that make me feel? I think that, you know. One of the cool things about Oklahoma is we have this giant 15 minute modern dance piece and people try to like put meaning on to like, what did it make you feel? Because it made you feel anything. That to me is a correct response. If it you get some sort of like visceral reaction out of it, we did our job.
0: Mm -hmm. And that hopefully this podcast and this episode will inspire someone to pursue this career. Yeah. And. There's so many different jobs as Veronica was going through all of it, even a lot of stuff I've never heard of before either, even though I try to talk to people about <laughs> what they do. You are always learning more. And so, yeah, that's cool. Anything else you want to say? Oh my God. I feel, I feel like I a said a lot, lot. I feel like you I said, said a lot, lot of words. You did. And they were all great. So thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. Thanks thank you for having me. time to do this. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to whatever platform you're listening through and follow on Instagram at Creative Hood Podcast. That wraps up part one with Veronica, but stay tuned for part two, where she talks about unions on Broadway and other tips for working in theater. Starting in three, two, one.